Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey! Welcome to the Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for the Book of Boba Fett on Disney+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Chapter 4, The Gathering Storm. Aaron, I feel a gathering storm. Uh, I see a lot of storm clouds on the horizon. They're coming in. They're surrounding Boba Fett. They're surrounding Jon Favreau. They're surrounding Robert Rodriguez. And... Rodriguez? Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, he put another R in there last week. Just oh man, to get more credits, um, they had to credit him for both names. Uh, yeah, I, people didn't like this episode, huh? Are you one it's of those a, people? It's a, sh- it's a shit storm. No, I, I, I don't know. Like people are trying to say whether this episode is better or worse than last week. Uh, the the real headline is this is the second episode in a row where it's been shaky. And I thought the season premiere was pretty shaky. This only had one really what I would call good episode, and that was episode yeah. two. And then episode three and four did a lot to just tear up what I thought was great about the second episode. So it feels like this show is in real creative trouble because and I, I'm, and it's interesting to see people like cast around for like who's to blame. Like I saw Steppenwall seemingly showing throwing some shade on uh, Mr. Morrison saying that you know he seems more comfortable with the action roles and he's not like I've seen what? Tamura um crush dramatic stuff yeah um and be a, a, a very fine actor uh I would suggest that this material is weak <laughs> and it seems like it's self-inflected gunshots like they they come up with a couple cool ideas in isolation they don't connect it um robert rodriguez does have a little if you've ever seen any of the spy kid series i think you'll you'll immediately know where those scooter bikers came from and this Hmm. like trying to decide whether this show is going to be something to curl up with your kids to watch on a couch or something that's you know justifies watching just for its own merits i don't know I, i i feel like um yeah, it is. It wasn't good. I did not like it. I thought it was it was dumb, and it's making Boba Fett look less cool by the week. What do yeah, you think? that's the real problem I have with it. And it, it's man, it's tough. I, I I don't know. I didn't really consider this when you said, "Hey, there's going to be a book of Boba Fett series." Um, it it makes Boba Fett look so badass in the preview for it, right? I remember last year after the the finale of Mandalorian, it was like, "Holy shit, he's." Yeah, when he's taking over Jabba's palace, he's sitting on the throne. He looks so badass. And then you sit to sit down and think about it, and it's like, hmm, what can they do with the character of Boba Fett? Because he's supposed to be this bad guy, and and an awesome bad guy, right? He's very good at being a bad guy. But do I want to watch a series with the villain as the lead? I don't know. They did it with Loki. They did it with Loki. Um. But there's a pattern with Disney, right? They take everybody who's bad and turn them good, eventually. If the bad guy is... Pop- and that's not just Disney. Like, lots of... Sure. 
a lot of lots of franchises like do that because you know you got this likable campy villain because no know, one wants to watch a bad guy succeed right nobody right so right. it's a, it's a really shitty series that the the bad guys win all the time yeah you got to turn them good but do i want boba fett to be good or do i want boba fett to be a bit of a mystery and a and a badass uh an asshole kind of guy i, I kind of want mean, the you former can... I've, I've lived with the former for 40 years do i want that to change I don't if if it's really really good maybe but this has not been really really good so far. It's been yeah I mean okay. that's the thing you can you can have a solid anti-hero show uh, with Boba Fett at the sure. center. I don't know that you can have it a, a, a Disney a G-rated right uh you know like you have to do some punisher things like Boba Fett like he can have a moral code but the people that cr- uh, are on the wrong side of that moral code yes need to die grisly ways. Yeah. Um, need to have some real kind of like you know fucked up uh, bounty hunter morality applied to them, um, or just like a little bit more complex political intrigue and machinations, a little sure. bit more complex underworld. Like every interaction that Boba Fett has makes him look dumber and weaker, um, with with few exceptions. And I, yeah, I make like I said, like I, I feel like this show is would be the most fun. To have, you know, if you're a mom or dad and it's Saturday morning and, you know, the kids are off school and you just had breakfast and you got like a bunch of snuggly five through 11 year olds surrounding you. And, you know, a couple of a couple of young ones jump when the Sarlacc mouth comes and gets to ship and it's like, oh, no, is he going to get away? And and you watch it and you, you laugh and you can't wait for next week and you get the toys. And but like, I don't understand why grown adults are like carrying torches for these shows they're just not like with you with few exception loki i think i think there was a couple of flashes if we're talking about disney as a whole a couple of flashes in like uh, wandavision i thought loki was pretty good Mm -hmm. hawkeye was fine but if that wasn't if didn't if it didn't have christmas as it's kind of like central conceit i think it's super forgettable and it's only it was only what six episodes long uh mando about half of that was good yeah i i just I, you know, like I, I remember when we started this experiment, I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to, I want to be interested to see if these things are more than just like little confections that you, you consume in between like larger projects, movie projects. And I, nothing, nothing has really dissuaded me that that's the case. And Disney's done it. Like no one put a gun to their head and be like, you got to have like a shit ton of Marvel and Star Wars content out for your Disney plus thing. Like right. I, some of this stuff just feels a little half baked and it's a problem. Yeah, I mean, the, the people putting the gun to their head are their shareholders, right? Like, if their stock price doesn't go well, up after they buy, right. spend $4 billion on a property, uh, if they're not putting that out, if they're not making profit on it, their stock price will suffer, um, as, as it already is. Um, they're not hitting their numbers, and I do wonder if that's, like, because these shows are not tailored to the right audiences, because... Now Star Wars fans are getting up in age. Um, and I know there are, there are new Star Wars fans made every day, right? And those are kids and sure. stuff like that. But do you have to service all of your fan base with all of your shows? That's the question I would like to know. Because mm, um, it feels like that's what they're trying to do. They are. They're trying to get the entire family on every single show. And Book of Boba Fett, the character of Boba Fett, is not a character that I want to see a family show based around. And this is turning out to be a family G-rated show, like you said. One of the off-remarked 
um, secrets to the success of like the Harry Potter franchise was that the friend like you you started reading it when you're an early reader, ten you know nine, ten, eleven years old, and Harry yep. grows up with you. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of it, he's a seventeen, eighteen year old, and there's these dark stories and betrayals and torture and all, all the crazy kind of stuff. And I feel like what would Harry Potter be if every single book was the Sorcerer's Stone? Everything was just right. like, not even why, like, like ba- almost an illustrated kid's book. It's like one step down below that. And it just never, it was just all, always that kind of like twee kind of mischievous. It, I, I don't think it'd be nearly the thing today. And I feel like Star Wars fans, you might've hit the nail on the head. We're like stuck in this eternal adolescence where you can't have a gritty R rated Star Wars horror movie as badass as that would be. Right. And as much have, as we want it. The, the powers that be, the people in charge of the property won't allow it. You can't even have like a gritty PG-13 anti-hero bounty hunter series with two swings and a miss. Like, you know, Mandalorian, like everyone loves Baby Yoda, but like that was a big when he showed up and it became a central part of the show. It was a big readjustment of what I thought Mandalorian was going to be. And <laughs> for sure. And Book of Boba, like I talked myself into like, oh, man, you know, the Godfetter. It's going to be so cool. Like, this you know, him, the one, you know, the, negotiating these tricky gray moral alliance and you know it doesn't need to be blood and guts like mm-hmm. that's it but it has to be mature from a storytelling perspective yeah, um yeah. and that doesn't mean the kids won't be interested in it like i'm sure a lot of bright teenagers would still like think that was the like probably even more cool so i i don't know they are caught in this where like their target demographic is five to 12 year olds and the parents who love them. And some of those parents also <laughs> love star Wars, which is bonus. Sure. But man, Disney just can't uh, institutionally do. I, I it's, it's so interesting to compare the, the creative constipation that star Wars is going through with like, um, the mainline DC floundering with their, um, uh, most of their movie projects. But then they've got this thing. Peacemaker oh, that they put yeah. out last week. That's so fucking entertaining and so fucking like a fresh, fresh, uh, a breath of fresh air. And that's something that Disney will never do. I, I don't even know if Disney can do another Deadpool now that they own him. Like, is Deadpool yeah. going to be PG-13 naughty from now on? Like, they're just, it's a uh, creative cuffing. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think guess the show all... is suffering for it. Yeah. Is, yeah. is the big takeaway. I, I'm, I, I didn't hate this episode, I, but there are definitely things in here that make Boba Fett look silly because they're trying to cater to the kids. Um, oh, you know, yeah, that, that, that rat catcher scene right? is like... That chef, the whole kitchen scene, it's just imagine like... Imagine okay. like in, in the original Star Wars that the mouse droid rolls up on, uh, on Darth Chewbacca. <laughs> okay. or, or, or that, and, like, yeah. and suddenly instead of like Chewbacca just roaring at it and the thing, that's funny. But imagine uh-huh. if Chewbacca plays this like trying to grab a slippery bar of slope with, you know, the he just just can't right. catch this little mouse droid. It's hilarious, right? No, it's not. It makes Chewbacca look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boba Fett definitely looks like an idiot at times. Not as big a badass as Boba Fett. No, sorry. no, know, definitely like, not. You can't, you can't have Boba Fett struggle to catch this rat catcher. Like, I don't care how yeah. many years he spent in a Sarlacc pit. Uh, you just can't. Can't do it. Let me ask you this. There's one other thing that kind of spans this episode that I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, everybody listening to this knows the name of Boba Fett's ship, right? Everybody, everybody here remembers Slave One. Yeah, Slave One is the name of his ship. That name is not to be found in this episode where they are talking specifically about that ship and going to get that ship and how 
much he loves his ship, he never mentions it by name. That kind of put me off. Like, I, I get it. Okay, Slave One is an insensitive name. Yes, but this is fiction and this is a bad guy. Are we really going to say, are, are we really going to go back and, and whitewash this from Star Wars because sensibilities have changed and a bad guy in a fictional universe can't use a bad name for his ship? It has been a larger societal trend to like, you know, I don't think that they refer to, you know, I remember hard drives used to have like a little jumper cable that would denote whether it's a master, master or slave, slave. Yeah. in, in the, the chain. And, you know, I don't, yeah, uh, perhaps a bit more thought should have been put in and all that in the sixties and seventies when they're laying all that down. But like, that's our real, yeah, I've world. noticed, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've noticed that there's the, 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 yeah, there is this tendency to like, um, and I don't know if it's right or I don't I can't say if it's right or wrong, but it seems pharisaical like, you know, the you, you, like the Pharisees in the Bible had the law covenant that was given down by God. And like those are the rules you can't break. But they elaborate. They, they construct this elaborate system of, of laws around that, like a fence around the law. So like, you know, you, you couldn't possibly break the laws because the laws of men would kick in and, and you'd have to break three or four of those before you got to the. You know, that's where Jesus got to like these guys would get to the point where they'd strain, you know, they strain out the gnat from their wine so they would not eat an unclean thing. But then they would let their their poor and their sick just fester in the streets and do nothing about it. So mm-hmm. I, I do feel like it's it's funny that in a day where the first time in like 40, 50 years, the nation couldn't renew a voting rights act. <laughs> uh, along party lines uh-huh. that Boba Fett at least doesn't call his spaceship slave one. <laughs> right. It what is, progress we've made. Yeah. It is weird to combine this like ultra. Um, and yeah, you can tell if you've listened to this podcast among the, I'm, I'm sympathetic for Lottie's arguments, but it is weird mm-hmm. to see uh, some of this progress only be having this like, just like you said, the fictional margins of this, this, this television show. Um and especially the way they did it, it's it felt very stunted. Like yeah. I need to get my fire pre- my fire spray class gunship back from Jaw. He could just say right? my ship. And because as far as I know, they never canonically referred to the ship as Slave One. This has all been like toys and video games and novels and things. Sure, sure. But like the way they did it called attention to itself. And I don't know. Like there's definitely fans that are way too up in arms about it. But it's also like. Yeah. yeah. Uh the, the the like this is a this is a society that has slaves. Right. Jabba right. had slave girls. He feeds people to rancors. Like I don't uh, and um and this I guess is a I character who's see... embedded in that world, that underworld. Like yeah. And we don't know so much about Boba Fett. There could have been an opportunity to like Finnick and him having a conversation about like why do you call your ship slave one? That's really weird. And he could have been like, you know, my mother went through the slave pits of and this is to like he could have done a way to like put a different spin on it rather than oh Fo- right. Boba Fett's just a slaver he, he's walking around with Wookiee pelts on his hip and we had to get rid of all that too because that's gonna be pro- like you know like, <laughs> you could like use this it as man- a teaching moment right like yeah not ignore it not not whitewash yeah. it just say like he's changed his opinion on this so he's gonna change the name of it I don't know maybe people would have got up in arms about that even more but like well, I mean, it, it is it is a, there's another trend where people would rather just make things go away than take the time to, like, you know, have the argument in society about why things are right and why things are wrong and why things have changed and why, like, you that know. just Yeah. The trouble is that just leads to to following the leader as opposed to understanding why you're doing the things you're yes. doing. And yes. Yeah. It, but I, that's, I think that's it's like, foolish long term. 
tons of problems in society for people not learning how to think critically uh, about issues rather than just being, you know, kind of like taught sure. what is what is the the right and wrong rather than the right and wrong ways to think and how I don't know. It, it so, seemed like a glaring thing in this episode. Like, oh, it definitely he's stood specifically out specifically not trying to reference the name of this. Uh, yeah. So it, it threw me out of it a little bit, um, but ultimately, eh. It's not not the end of the world, I, you know, and, and that's but that's a you know, I also say that like I it's I guess that's a, a privilege to like not hear the word slave and immediately think about like North Atlantic. So like I, you know, I think of just the concept of how there's been slaves throughout human history and there's been slaves and tons sure. of fictional works, including this one. And like I, you know, like but again, I can separate that because it's easy for me to. Right. So. Right. All right. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, all right. I think maybe it's time to get into the recap but first let's take a quick break when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. We start off with more back to flashbacks. Flashback tos? Nah, that doesn't work. All right, Boba scopes. I like it. No, no, flashback though, for sure. Boba scopes out Jabba's palace, but there are far too many guards for something, and he spends that night uh, out in the desert, and he spots a light in the sky and follows it to find Finnick lying in the sand, dying. 
then he uh, I, right, right. This, this this is the only this is like this, the this episode was was perfect through this scene. Like again, <laughs> okay. riding on the Bantha, you know, the First twin suns dissolving the the three moons, Jabba's castle mm-hmm. in the moonlight. That stuff was really cool and evocative. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to see. You know, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to see him take down Bib Fortuna, you know, and I people have mentioned that there was like an Easter egg of that happening in the Mandalorian last season. I get that. But I, I thought it was <laughs> I, I was being clear to saying that I was looking forward to seeing that whole story. There's like an the, Easter the egg moves, of it here. The counter moves. The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. We'll, yeah. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, Was there was there a mandalorian like pan flute sound when he saw the light in the sky did you notice that i don't know i don't know i thought there was a moment where they did like a very mandalorian music that's there that's funny because that is the interfacing of Uh like those timelines converging yeah yeah it'd be appropriate if so maybe it was wishful thinking on my part but i thought i noticed it uh so then boba takes finnick to a mod parlor where her guts are replaced with robot parts in order to save her life uh, this is the first scene that I started to go. Oh no, this just like the, you know all this mod stuff is it, on one hand cool, right? Like I get the idea of like, hey, mm-hmm. let's take the Darth Vader angle and let's extend it to the common person a little bit. Sure. So that's a cool idea. It's just I I feel like the culture they're depicting here is not aesthetically Star Wars. It it doesn't strike me as Star Wars, both the music and just the the vibe of the people here, like b- the bright yellow dreadlocks, doesn't say Star Wars to me. This techno grunge music, I I don't know what it is. Does not say Star Wars to me at all. And I think there's planets that you could establish in the Star Wars universe that I would believe a mod parlor like this would exist. I just like Coruscant is a back is a backwater. Like yeah. my um my hometown of Mooresville is a backwater and it has a tattoo parlor or two. Mm-hmm. They look nothing like this. And like I don't think my hometown is tattooing like like you'd have to go out through Monrovia pass get out the imminent there's no tattoo parlors out there. Yeah. There's no economy to support it. Like I, I yeah, like it there's a lot of stuff in here where Boba's talking about the you, you know, we talked about this yesterday off the air, like, oh, the riches of tattooing are being plundered. Like <laughs> what fucking riches, man? Riches, yeah. Like these are dirty farmers trying to get by with a thimble full of water a day and a pitcher of blue milk. What when, yeah. when did this become like and like even Jabba's palace was like lavish, but not like we've seen we've seen Star Wars lavish since. Oh yeah. It's like yeah, it's like it's like uh road warrior mad max kind of like living high on the hog i i don't i, I don't get the the world building sure. and this this like like rejected uh matrix soundtrack music yep um it's all just, the extras it's just, from the matrix dance scenes sure it's just weird um it is i, I think like, if you want to do this this is not the show to do it in because yeah. you're stuck on and, tattooing here but there's also stuff that I really liked. Like I really liked uh, they r- maintained like this uh, look and feel of Star Wars, like droid technology, like the fact yep. it's like kind of like a piston and steampunk and hydraulic and, you know, even, even the tools he's using. Right. It strike me as like the torture tools that were used on Han, that, that torture. Droid, right. Right. Like, right. All that stuff, that part of it felt like Star Wars. The rest of it around it did not. Yeah. And it's just and then like you guys like, you know, do you, are you going to close her up and cover up all that beautiful machine? So like did Boba agree with that 
Or why wouldn't he be like, fucking close her up, you know? Like, I, I'm the yeah. one paying a premium for this. Like, I don't give a shit about... She probably doesn't give a shit. So, like, he, she canonically has her droid guts hanging out just because Boba's like, you know what? It is a pretty sweet-looking mid midsection. Yeah. Yeah. I put a lot of money in there. I want to see the... I want to see the crap factory working. Yeah, you know, I'm getting I'm getting to this mod lifestyle thing. Like, I'm going to show off my mods a little, and she's my mod. Yeah, come on. What what the hell? I don't know. Uh, do they continue to show uh, her robot parts throughout this episode? I didn't take note of that. She or does she when they, eventually they, they, get a, into a, a point in Mandalorian? No, I think it's still they're they're still like hanging out there. It, it does beg really? the question okay. of how how does she like bend at the waist? Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of servos, I imagine. She she, she she got she got all of her midsection replaced with C three PO, famously inflexible. Yes, very. You know, um, I, I don't know how, how you how you bend when your large intestine is like an, a 16 inch hydraulic pump. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know either, but she does it. She does it well. Uh, so we're back in the desert. Fennec wakes up to discover what she's become. Uh, not not too disturbed by it. She has a moment of like, oh, my God, what did you do to me? And she's over it. I rearranged your guts. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but not no, in the fun no, way. No, 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 no. That's not Disney. That's the opposite of Disney. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Boba talks her into helping him steal his ship back from Jabba's palace. Black melon milk is, is just coffee, right? The way he I describes it, it's like boil you, it? It, you get used to it eventually, and in time you come to crave it. That's exactly yeah. how I feel about coffee. Yeah, I noticed him. Boi- he boiled it this time. I thought that was a cool touch, like hot, hot okay. uh, black melon. Yeah, he's he's off the cold brew. Wait till he gets the the iced mocha melon. That's right. When you put a little really blue like milk get, on top of it. All these mod parlors are going to go out of business. It's just going to be you know like uh, Boba Fett's kind of Starbucks looking logo, and mm-hmm. it's going to be on every corner. Yeah, <laughs> just a bando helmet. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. The man, uh, the melon Lorian. Yeah. Th- there is something mildly interesting here from not from a spoiler perspective. I use that term. It has connotations, but that's not what I meant. Uh, is it possible that someone other than the speed bikers killed the Tuscans? I think Finnick, they're hinting that. Yeah. Finnick brings that up in this like, oh, that's not like the speed bikers at all. Or that's not like the Tuscans to die to speed bikers. Uh. And it struck me as like very similar to what happened with Obi-Wan and Luke observing the Jawa uh, Sandcrawler in the original saying, oh, yeah, these blasts too precise for single, single Mm. file, all that stuff. Yeah, too precise. And yeah, like a framing happened here of these speed bikers. It's it's possible, certainly. But But, it's like, I also also thought this made... I also thought this made Boba look dumb, too, because he already knew the Nico bike gang was a cat's paw for the Pike syndicate. So it's like... Yeah, maybe yeah. he wants to kill them in particular because they're the one that directly murdered the Sand. Although it sounds like maybe that's not even true, but I I, I don't know. Like, might not be. This question might be is Pike. this question is raised, and he wipes out the bikers anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but first, we're gonna scout out Jabba's palace with an assist from a droid. Can I have you a question? Yeah. Why the fuck would you have an infiltrator droid covered in red <laughs> LEDs? Here, here's my guess because I 
the same thing is in my notes. It's fucking stupid. But what it's if- like Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell. He's like <laughs> sneaking around the uh-huh. shadows, of these giant green lights on it. Like that makes sense because the player has to see what he's doing. But like right. in real life, I don't know if you guys know this. Night vision goggles don't glow. No, like green searchlights. They're it's, invisible. It's- you know, infrared light point. outside of the human this spectrum yeah. of visibility. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Here, here's my guess, though. I think these aliens can't see red light. I think they, then maybe they see an infrared. Maybe they can't see these LEDs, and she knows that. Hmm. Yes. Is the maybe only not possible have, reason. That maybe could not work. have lights on them at all. Like, just, right? You know, uh, it's not like she got full color scans of the place. It just seemed like a wireframe tunnel. So just like you know, have it all be invisible. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's my only guess, though. Because otherwise, yeah, it's dumb. Uh, and then Boba says goodbye to his Bantha. He tells Finnick that the, the whole plan after getting his ship is to find his armor, then take Bib's throne and start his own crime tribe. Uh, then the droid returns and shows them there are too many guards for a head-on assault, so they decide to sneak in. Uh, and she's asking all kinds of things about, you know, his future plans. And when he says, yeah, I'm going to start my own crime tribe, she's like, you want to head a Gatra? And a Gatra is just a word for a crime tribe, <laughs> a crime family. Is it really? Is it like uh Yeah, it's a Hindi a, word, I guess, that, that interesting. has um, connotations about like bloodlines, lineage, um, things like that. So you got the daimyo, which is a feudal Japanese term uh, that's ruling over... Uh, a hin, a hin, uh, uh, something that's a Hindu concept. It's it's an interesting type of uh, cross pollinization they're going here for here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I like that stuff when you you bring in all those different elements of different cultures. Uh, anything else here? Or should we get to the sneaking? Let's get to the the sneaking and the fighting. Okay, they sneak in through the drainage system into the kitchen, where they take out some of the chef droids but somehow are unable to subdue a smaller droid without making a huge racket. I thought there's a couple of... Um, at first, I thought this... Uh, when I first saw this droid chef, I'm like, oh my god, this is a sly reference to the Star Wars holiday special, the forearm chef <laughs> chopping and making roast banter or whatever. I was, I was thinking Grievous, but... Uh, then when this started with oh, okay, the, when yeah. it started the twirling knives, I mean, oh, it's actually a grievous reference, and yeah, I yeah. thought that was kind of funny because this is a droid that I could maybe see giving Boba a little bit of trouble. You uh-huh. know, like all he's got is a stick for some reason, hasn't been able to lay his hands on a rifle, and uh, yeah, I but 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 that was cool, and then like Phoenix slitting its throat to kind of like okay, that's mm-hmm. that's you know because. It's it's this isn't the main event, but then they and, throw and in the this, same like, tool that she used to cut the bars to get them in there. I thought that was neat, you know. Yeah, like is this a bar cut it? Um, mm. but then they threw in this rat catcher thing, and it just uh, <laughs> and it's like it's set to like Home Alone music. Is it? Know? I didn't really notice. I mean, not really Home Alone, but like you know that was both scored by John Williams, and you know he's got that gear to him, and that's appropriate music for the action. It's just not appropriate to the Book of Boba Fett the series yeah i agree they're making him look like a buffoon and that's the exact opposite thing that i ever wanted to think about boba i mean the, the go like the cool way to handle this is the rat catcher roll up we'll take one look at boba and he like towers over him with the staff and he just like trembles and shuts himself off like yeah. then boba you, you still get your ha ha of the of the robot shutting himself off 
and you don't spend uh and this is it's like a long episode like you could have cut two minutes here and there and here's one of the theirs they should have should have cut yeah i think they use the the noise here to alert some of the gamorians to where they are but you, you could have found a different way to do that for sure oh well uh, 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 the fire spray gunship firing up would have brought a crowd and had almost the exact same yeah. resolution to it. So true. Yeah. Just a uh, little less preamble. Yeah. Uh, huh. no, I'm with you. I didn't like the scene, uh, for the vast majority of it, but I thought like it was a little too easy as well. You know, like, um, before the, the, it's not a mouse droid. A mouse droid is a specific thing here in the star Wars universe, but it's this tiny droid before that thing shows up. I was like, boy, that was that was almost too easy, right? They snuck in, they mm-hmm. killed some droids. Now they're inside the palace. If they just walk into the hangar here, that's too simple. But not like this. That, that's not what I wanted to see. Well, also, I thought the main fight is kind of like, if we're going to get to that part too, like, mm-hmm. I thought that scene was dumb. Like, there's no stakes at all. Finnick, none of these people can die. But like right. knowing that they don't even stage it that well. Like Phoenix just kind of in the open, Ramboing and twirling around and shooting everybody with no problems. There's no close calls. Uh, uh-huh. Boba Fett is like doing an Austin Powers maneuver with Slave One to try yeah. to get it in. And and like <laughs> I don't understand Star Wars ships. Like I wouldn't think that the prow of this gunboat could just carve through like three feet of Duracrete or whatever it is. Without getting fucked up and like losing, I thought it might. It's like, oh, well, they're showing this because it's going to be a plot point that his guns don't work, and uh-huh. he's not using a gun so far. So this is kind of like a, you know, like a, so goes the man, so goes the machine. But the very next scene, he's just lighting up this, you know, like just shooting these bikers with his guns with impunity. Yeah. So I'm like, I all this just felt like it was the pad time, you know? Uh, he's like, I can't see. I'm like, why do, doesn't your ship have sensors? Uh. I, I don't know. I just <laughs> it felt it felt weird. Um, yeah, it, it, there's just no no tension in any of these battles. I I, I get you. Um, yeah, I thought this was one of the more exciting moments of the episode, though. Like, if without this, you don't have the obligatory. I talked last episode. Oh, obligatory battle scene, action scene here. Uh, this is the only one in the episode, and they got to have it. Otherwise, it's yeah, not. Just a make this do better. Do it better. Have a half yeah. stakes. Like you can't even you can't even damage the ship in this uh like clumsy escape. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's I, like zero stakes. He just won. He just won. There is. Yeah, it, it's tough to do that every week. Um, and make their real stakes in every action scene. Uh, because you just most of life is an action, right? Even in a fictional character's world, I don't think you see constant action. Yeah, writing shows is hard. I, yeah. Especially when you have some of the constraints that, that that they have on them. Here's the thing I was wondering about: like when a word of advice to future kings and despots, I guess I don't know. Don't have the fail state of your gate be open. That's just a bad fortress. It's a bad fortress. I was thinking, like, did they? Because I was trying to think, like, did Jabba's doors always shut from the bottom no. up or did they change that just so they can count a cutter weight and it fails open I, I remember when Luke walked into the Jabba's palace that door opens up man I thought so I For thought sure. so, so they, they, they changed all this stuff just to make this 
the like you said the fail state of the door being open instead of closed that's ridiculous that's <laughs> ridiculous. totally ridiculous that's not a fortress like no that's one would a... design a castle gate like that yeah yeah that's a welcome mat right like oh as they cut your power all the doors fly open or something <laughs> right. like this like, what the fuck you know yeah uh pretty ridiculous uh the other thing i found pretty ridiculous is when he's talking to finnick and he's like oh i'll do all the maintenance myself after they you know get get slave one and they escape um he he says there's an advantage to people thinking you're dead which is his excuse for not having somebody else do maintenance on a ship and yet literally the first thing he says to everyone he encounters is i am boba fett even the rat catcher droid, right? Which is not dead, is just shut off. Do you know who I am? Have you told your friends who I am? I am yeah. Boba Fett. Yeah. It's, it's some MacGruber level shit of him giving away <laughs> his tactical advantage. Right. It's, I think yeah. war is going to get out, dude. Uh, you could probably get your ship professionally fixed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so then Boba takes his ship and uses it to murder the speed bikers who presumably massacred his tribe or maybe just a random group of speed bikers. There's really no way to tell here. Uh, and then he yeah. flies to the Sarlacc pit and tries, but fails to get his armor back because as we know, it's not there. I thought that the, um, I thought that the him taking out the biker gang was kind of cool. Like it was a neat visual to see the, his gunship kind of like go in the sky and come down. They're completely unaware. And he just opens up with his turbo lasers and cuts him. And just like how completely dispassionate he was about it. Like he's like a, a butcher weighing a lamb before he's about to put it in, you know, cut it in the kebabs and stuff. I I thought that this is the Boba Fett that I thought I was getting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's like merciless killer. Yeah, like he's there's a scale of justice that needs to be settled, but that's it. It's not like, you know, he is enraged or inflamed. It's just like this was an injustice and he's now setting it right and he's going to go about his business. Uh Uh-huh. But everything about this next scene at Sarlacc Pit is dumb (laughs) as hell. God. Like the visual of Slave One putting its (laughs) giant glass canopy down the hole of the rat. Like, what? Yeah. Uh and uh, didn't you point out something about the physics of this scene that yeah, was like the, I mean the, so I don't know how the engines on a ship work in the thrusters on on a spaceship work in Star Wars clearly there's some anti-gravity thing going on here because all the thrusters are on the bottom of this ship and he goes sure. face down on the desert there would be no way for him to thrust his way back up uh but it must be there must be anti-gravity stuff i know it's anti-gravity but they don't do themselves any favors when while it's like flipped onto its yep. be- belly like they have like visible drive flumes coming out of the engines, right and they're growing and the sound of the engines is straining and i'm like oh you're for you're thrusting in the yeah, wrong direction dude it doesn't feel like a generator it feels like your engines are just working backwards man yeah <laughs> yeah it was weird i don't know i, I well, will like say I said, as an og fan of Star Wars. Um, it's cool to see more of this Sarlacc. I, I thought it was cool when yeah. we when we saw it the first time as he's escaping. I think it's extra cool here because it's not, you know, clearly some like oh uh, uh, a theater kid hung a bunch of neoprene and sprayed it down with guts. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is way more interesting. This is way better, and I love the Sarlacc. I think the Sarlacc is cool as hell. And seeing it in full action here with its tentacles, its beak, its 
it's everything. Uh, latching onto Slave One was cool. I just wish, you know, this was all staged better and and made more sense. And it's like, yeah, because the other thing is like now Boba can't do shit because his his laser cannons are buried in the sand. Finnick has to get out of her belts and like desperation release a mind that kind of you know plachinkos its way through the guts of the ship <laughs> right. and then rolls down the side and into the mouth and it's like oh my god and then after all that boba fett deadpans to her next time don't touch my buttons like what what so she's just a, yeah. should stay there and say mute while you guys get killed by this stupid <laughs> space uh, <laughs> bug like It'd take a thousand years it's they have time it's true they have time. Also, they established that, like, and I guess this makes sense to the timeline, but they imply that he spent years down there. I was shocked by that. Absolutely shocked. I thought. Or spent years with the. Exactly. Uh, Tuscans. Yeah. I, I assume they, they had to mean Tuscans, right? Because he comes out. He. Co- yeah, he. Mm, I don't know. How long did did he stay in that Sarlacc? I don't remember what, where we are in the timeline here. If it's we're impossible like three to years out. It's impossible to know. You don't know how the Sarlacc biology works. It somehow digests its prey slowly and somehow keeps them alive. So like, Looks like it uses you know, yeah acid to very slowly, you know, stomach acids for a Sarlacc. Yeah. But it's which I thought keep, was cool. It's got to keep the thing alive to do it. So it's somehow sustaining. Uh-huh. Like I, there's a lot of shit that doesn't really make sense, but it's it's like whatever. But like, and that's always been true. I don't right? know. That's the old. And, and the other thing, like like Boba talks about how impactful his time with the tribe was, but I just don't get that like he's never i mean this is where his dispassionate side just really betrays him because when he comes home to see his family killed his adopted family killed there was not a strong reaction when he kills his adopted family's killers there's not a a strong reaction he talks about the experience making him stronger and whatnot but like i i felt like the material doesn't really support all that not he's not a man of showy displays let's say true He's he's uh, he's working on an internal level here. I think that's fine. You know, I I think a lot of the stuff they talk about um, when they're they're hanging out around the fire that night, which is the next scene here, um, makes a lot of sense from from a Boba perspective. Like he has been working for people who are, you know, dumber than him, people who would throw him into impossible situations without a care why should he continue to do that when he's quote unquote so much better than them this is a great point but it's entirely undermined by the fact that he got his tribe into a dangerous situation and got them all wiped out like his leadership and his decisions and his deal making wiped out everyone (laughs) who was affiliated or worked with him Uh and he's like I'm tired of the idiots getting us all killed like what (laughs) it was his first try you gotta you gotta let him kill a couple tribes you gotta have some training training wheels on this die mouth kind of thing before you really know how to keep it between the lines (laughs) that was the tutorial tribe he'll build another you gotta you gotta break a few black melons to make a (laughs) sand omelet you got yeah sure (laughs) to make a black melon latte for sure (laughs) yeah he's Uh, learning also, uh, I love the. Sh- I, I appreciate the shout shout out by Rodriguez. You can't make a fart out of tribe. Clearly, a reference to our podcast and uh-huh. a wink to our importance and our coverage of of the success of this overall project. I, you know, I appreciate it. It's uh, yeah, long overdue. Always nice to see the creators acknowledging the fan community. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, yeah. So they talk more about Boba forming his own house, and Boba invites her to join. Finnick, that is. 
As we flash back to the present, we see Finnick and Boba kill Bib Fortuna and take the throne. Um, and then Finnick reports the mayor is still missing and the mods are keeping an eye out. And Boba decides he wants to be seen around town. He's gonna he's gonna flash his armor a little bit, or not his armor. He's gonna flash himself. Was the point of them saying that Boba Fett is fully healed to let us know there's not going to be more uh, flashbacks? No more flashbacks. This is what I was wondering. And they kill. They, they just like go in and kill Bib, and that's it. There's not going to be any build up like, to how they t- dethroned Bib. Yeah, was that because like I feel like there I, I got a few like email and I'll, I'll read one of them, but I got a few emails and Twitters that kind of like with a tone of like, "Hey, Aaron, dumbass, we saw Bib Fortuna." I'm like. I know Bib Fortuna is dead. If I if I forgot about the flashback, they've made it very clear. But we're leading two parallel stories that are all going to converge. And I thought that the death of Bib Fortuna would get who has been even in this episode has talked about how crafty and guile and clever he is. Like, I thought that would give more time than, you know, backing the ship out of the garage. Yeah, like we get we get we get two minutes of rat catcher and eight minutes of getting slave one out of hawk and we get five recycled seconds of Bib Fortuna getting thrown his carcass getting thrown off the throne. This does- I, I thought we get more than that. Honestly, I did. I, I definitely did, too. I, this feels final, but there's no way they can skip that stuff, right? It's probably the most comp- the most interesting part of his journey there is how did he get into oh, uh, I don't know if you'd ask how me how to trade the Fett, crime world and, and do that. If you ask me how Boba Fett with just two people, including himself, infiltrated and took down Bib Fortuna's outfit, the, the heir to Jabba's throne. And you ask, I also said, so there's a possible story we could tell or the insidious Pike Industries stranglehold on the riches of Tatooine. I'd right. be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck who the fuck are Pike. What species are they even? Oh, they have a train. What the fuck? That's stupid. Yeah. How about the Bib Fortuna takedown? Right. Make that last uh, but, the season. Right. Make right, that a difficult yeah. task. Establish. Yeah. Esta- yeah but like, I don't, I, it's, it's a weird creative decision. I thought to go with something that's new and unfamiliar rather than, you know, kind of walling around in nostalgia, which so many Star Wars projects like to do. And I wouldn't mind a little yeah. bit of a wallow. I mean, in I'm, this case. I'm holding out hope that we haven't seen the last of these flashbacks. And we will get a lot of that, but I'm probably a fool. Yeah, I just felt like it's that, that why would you have the droid come up and be like, you're all healed if yep. not to be like, hey, there's no. And I I just thought it was, a, it was kind of a bizarre thing anyway. Like, uh, I mean, it almost felt like a fix it in post uh, moment, right? Oh, shit. This is the last flashback we ever planned to do. We didn't even tell people that. Yeah, all that led up to Bib. Yeah, and people just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we got that Mandalorian footage uh, desaturated, put a filter yeah, over yeah, it and yeah. throw it in there. I don't uh-huh. know. Yeah, like people be confused if he stops acting. Like, is he healed? Is he not healed? We need a, we need a, <laughs> right. a little pit droid to stumble in and say, "Congratulations, you're fully healed." <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So, yeah, Boba, like I said, decided to be seen around town, and he goes to the casino where Kersantan gets annoyed with some Trandoshans who are winning at a casino game, and proceeds to beat the shit out of them. And afterward, Boba offers him a job. I like this uh, scene because um, there's really old Star Wars lore that established that Trandoshans and Wookiees are like blood enemies. Like Trandoshan is a planet that's in the Wookiee system and they've got long mm. enmity that goes back generations. The Trandoshans were like people that the 
the Empire especially hired to like uh, in, uh, to capture and enslave the Wookiees because the Wookiees made excellent, you know, again, can't say the word slaves, but, you know, Chewbacca <laughs> canonically saved slaves right. saved by Han Solo. Um, I, I like that, you know, and like there's in particular Bosk, the guy from Empire Strikes yep. Back has got a whole bunch of backstory of a how much he hunter. hates the Wookiees and collects their scalps. There's also the scene earlier of the Trandoshan offering a Wookiee pelt to Boba as tribute. So, right. like, this is all hinted at, but I, I, as an old school Star Wars fan, I liked seeing that, like, this just like, uh, you know, species hatred. Just like this guy just couldn't stand these guys living it up, uh, you know, with their with their reputation, with his background of being enslaved, probably by people that look like this. It, it's uh, <laughs> gonna I thought say, it was cool as a proud Wookiee, which apparently this guy is. Yeah. How long until? There's a comment about Boba Fett's pelts. It's like, a good thing his old spacesuit got got eaten away because if he came if he came he's out got of there reputation with preceding like three right? Wookiee, yeah, do you like, know this who I am? I'm Boba the- Fett. I carry the pelts of many Wookies on my <laughs> waist. Yeah, <laughs> I got three braided Wookie scalps on my belt. But we're going right? to forget all that because I've I've been embraced by a tribe. I've got a much cooler cooler <laughs> under under quilt now. Um, yeah, boy. I like that. Also, I also like the you know, we finally saw Wookiee tear someone's arm off. I was kind of disappointed it was only one arm, not like the double okay. arm. I yeah. always thought like when someone says you're Wookiee's going to tear your arms off, I always thought it was like the double joint rip. Yeah. Just equal and opposite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it probably doesn't like how would that even work? But, you know, um, and the other thing I loved about this scene is they refer to the uh, the, the keyboardist as Max. So canonically, oh. this is actually Max Rebo. Nice. You know, Jabba's place is busted, so he set up shop at the casino. And they also make another reference to uh, the Jabba's singers, because she says, oh, yeah, the mayor's uh, consigliere, or whoever the fuck this guy is, is singing like a yuzum, which a yuzum is the, the lead singer, the guy, the, uh, the the guy the, in the uh, special uh, edition uh, that they uh, added. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought that was... A kind of a cool little nod too. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I'm assuming Chrysanthemum is going to be part of the muscle, but he doesn't seem like seems he needs like he's money. joined. And and, nah. and Phoenix like, oh yeah, for the right price, money can buy muscle. So I I don't know. I don't know what his incentive would be, but we'll see. Uh, Boba sits down with the other factions of the Tatooine underworld in an attempt to unite them against the Pike Syndicate. Unfortunately, all he can manage to do is get a promise to remain neutral if Pike tries to hire them to kill him. And they prepare for war by vowing to spend their cash on muscle. This is so weak. I was really because this is the scene in the trailer that got the whole Godfetter thing going. And like, you know, and and I kind of got excited because he's like, uh, she's like, you are all of essentially Jabba's capos. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, this is the scene. And like. The analogy of this is the scene in The Godfather where he's like, and I, and if some act of God should befall my son on his trip back from Italy, <laughs> you know, if, if like, and he just talks about what the vengeance he's, and Boba Fett is just like, would you guys consider sitting on the sidelines for my crime war against the, <laughs> the, 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 the Pike syndicate? Like he asked for like, like his ask was like, you don't have to give me tribute. You don't have to do anything. I just want to not like a, like a, like a defensive alliance. And they're like, no, fuck you. We're not going to do shit for you. All right. All right. Just, just, can you, can you just not betray me? 
still don't have to. And I thought like yeah. maybe because when he when he stood up to say it, I'm like, oh, he's going to be like, I'll do it by myself. But I'm going to own every one of you <laughs> once I get done with this. And no, he just like, I just want you to stay. It's like it. It just felt weak. It felt weak. I mean, he is weak right now. He doesn't have muscle. He doesn't have he is a tribe. Yeah. He's got nothing. And he's going to them to try and make a deal. I, I'm with him. What is their incentive to do this? Like half of them are already making good money on the spice trade. The other half of them don't want him trying to establish some dominance over them after they just got out of from under Jabba and Bib's thumb. Yeah, he doesn't have a good bargaining uh, position here. He's got two pigs, a lady who's half crap factory, uh, an old broken down uh, Wookiee gladiator. Uh huh. And maybe a suit of a suit of armor and a suit of armor. That's 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 what he's got. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. Like like Matt. Like like the thing is that they also established that um, a rancor that they they obviously show the rancor, rancor. which always strikes me as hilarious because like. Oh, what's to stop us from killing you? And then the Rancor roars and grabs the floor. And I'm like, well, that stops him from killing you right now, this very second, maybe. But yeah. it, but it's downstairs. How are you going to get them downstairs? And yeah, B, well, you got to get them all stand on the trap door one by <laughs> one. <laughs> and B, what happens when you go to sleep tonight? Because yeah. like this, this is not the end. The, the Rancor doesn't roar and everybody goes, yep, I guess I can't possibly kill him. Yeah. Oh, my God. This guy's got a Rancor. Holy shit. Right whatever how do they capture rancors like it's got to be just a couple dudes with like nets and stun guns right i mean oh, they're yeah. not like you don't want to get thrown into a pit with them unarmed but uh-huh. you know i also <laughs> saw a half-trained boy take one out with a human femur so <laughs> true. I mean, he was a magic boy though true true yeah. half-trained magic boy but still mm-hmm. um I, I just was looking for the stick and he just is all carrot no stick and not even even like just like please 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 don't interfere with my plans he's um, carrot seeds right he's not even got the carrot yet he's got the seeds and he says these will yeah. one day be a carrot uh yeah please please see that and and support my my garden yeah i'd like to see how carrot farmers do on tattooing <laughs> <laughs> probably not great uh, he's just going to do Stardew Valley. That's his pitch. You know, all this, yes. this bounty hunting. I just, I just want to grow S rank carrots to give to my sweetheart and most icely mm-hmm. on her birthday. Uh, and then there's, there's just a truly unforced error at the end of this. I mean, a lot of these are unforced errors, but there's a really big one at the end of this where I'm just like, did no one catch this in the entirety of the production or is this an homage to, the old Star Wars flubs because there, there's a line mm. that he says at the very end when he's standing on you know his his platform talking to Finnick and she's saying hey we're gonna get some muscle talking about like hey do you trust these guys and he says no but he also says they may be stubborn it, he, word for word and I, I subtitled this I listened to it like five times he says they may be stubborn but they are not foolish enough to see that the Pikes would eventually take over the whole planet. I thought that the, was awkward too. The sentiment on that is exactly wrong. What, what Boba Fett here is saying is I'm a fool because I see that the Pike syndicate is going to take over the planet eventually. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about this. How does this make it out of edit? I rewound it twice to try to figure out what, uh, what, what, because it did seem like 
and, and maybe it's maybe it's because he's kind of like you know his growl mumble growl it's like that like a like a an int you know a contracted knot but got, the subtitles got, like, swallowed yeah like disney you're right, disney fuck. you're fucking up one way or another the subtitles definitely say it verbatim as i read it yeah, it felt like one of those uh, like like Bilbo saying, like, I know half of you only half as well as I should like and half the other half <laughs> half as well as you deserve. And the other Hobbit's like, what the fuck? Like, it's like one of those things where maybe you could parse it to mean because what he's trying to say is like, look, these guys right. are going to betray me because they're not so stupid to not to, to not realize that if the pikes take over, everyone loses. Yes, that is what he's think going he for. Literally he says, says the, the opposite. opposite of that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So I, I don't know how something like that makes it out of edit when you're a multi-billion dollar corporation. Cl- clearly somebody just didn't care. Somebody didn't care enough to go fix this. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, could You could have fixed it with 15 seconds with uh, Tamora Morrison in a booth, a sound booth. I don't, I don't know why they didn't. Anyway, uh, that's the episode. It was indeed. Uh, we're going to get the feedback right after this break. All right, here we go. We are open up for feedback. Uh, if you want to send us uh, messages, uh, thoughts on how we're doing, thoughts on how the show is doing, thoughts on how you can make Boba Fett better or worse, uh, send it in to tribe at baldmove.com. That's what I want First to hear. Up, <laughs> how do you make it worse? How you can just go fuck it. Yeah. Uh, Luca says, love the podcast. Well, thank you, Luca. Just want to point out something about Bib Fortuna, who Aaron mentioned repeatedly, saying you want to see him and how Boba dethroned him. Um, maybe I misunderstood what you meant, but it looks like, sounds like you're in an impression we haven't seen Bib or Boba taking him down. So, like, I got a bunch of stuff like this, and you're yeah. right. Um, I just never imagined that that was it. Like, that was... That was a story I thought we were going to get, like, how Boba took the throne, and instead that is it like he just kind of took the throne in half an episode's worth of work and it's all going to be about this pike stuff which is fine i just i just thought there'd be more and bib is such a you know like a yeah he's not a huge figure he's not a huge figure at all but he's a large established figure in the lore and they kind of set him up as like the 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 guy who took over from boba or no from jabba and they also showed like some personal enmity like boba had a grudge Mm -hmm. against him for some reason like you blame him in particular for ending And I'm like, I don't remember any of that, but like, I thought Mm -hmm. he was built up to be something that was going to be and in parallel, like taking down the pie, like sometimes shows do this where, uh, you know, you have the timeline from before running in parallel and the timeline after, and you're learning new things about it. So when everything converges, it makes it that much more powerful. This just seemed they did it just to do it, you know, like, look, look at how like station 11, if you haven't seen that show, like (laughs) blends together timelines to give you more mm-hmm. information about people and like maximize emotional impact. And look at this. This was just felt sloppy. Like it felt like the first three episodes should have been nothing about this. And then the next four episodes should have been to pivot to the, like, you know, him getting, uh, the losing his family and, and, uh, uh finding Finnick was going to be the pivot to the pike thing. But instead they kind of like was building momentum of both simultaneously through this, you know, flashback to, and it just didn't, <laughs> go anywhere so i got i got a lot of feedback on that it's irrelevant now but i just wanted to talk it out a bit next up is gay road it says i know you have a great time with the pronunciation of various names and different shows but can i point out the correct pronunciation of the word what i've been saying maori is maori 
Mao is in Chairman Mao. I'm neither Maori nor Kiwi, though I did live there a while, and they're rightfully proud of their heritage and language. It's only good manners for us all to say it correctly. Uh, no, you're what 100% correct. You're also correct in that I have a hard time getting things right, and I fear because I feel like this. I got this straightened out when we did Once We're Warriors, we, which is like six did. years ago. Yes, but like that's way too much time for my brain, and it's ways <laughs> to like flip syllables and and in, insert vowels where they shouldn't be to like remember it. And like, if I was going to engage regularly with Maori people, I would definitely make the effort to get it right. And I'm not saying I'm not going to. I'm just saying that like my fucking wetware is really working against me. <laughs> um, sure. But you're all right. It's it's I I it's you're 100 correct that like uh, as 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 much detail we're going into some of these fictional races, we should probably put at least that much effort into saying real life people's uh, given names correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with like Tamura, Tamura, Tamura is like has like four syllables. I still haven't got my name around hmm. saying Mr. Morris's uh, Morrison's name correctly. Um, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, he continues after the last episode. You're right. The Vespa gang are shite. The CGI looked rubbish uh, for the chase sequences, too. But clearly someone loves this idea. Uh, I think it's Robert Rodriguez, Rod- Rod- Robert Rodriguez, man. Rodriguez. Like, this is yeah. Robert Rodriguezing uh, to his Spy Kids <laughs> days. Uh, oh, God. If you look at the visuals and, and those like Spy Kids, Spy Kids 3D, Lava Kid versus Surf Girl. Those are like 20 Boy, years ago, but- aren't they? Don't the, reference the, aesthetic, the visuals of 20-year-old shit. The aesthetic is so oh, exactly the what okay. these biker gang is, man. It gotcha. really is. Even it's very though, glossy. Even down, very. very glossy. Even down to the over-engineered kind of like Pee-wee Big Adventure bicycle. Huh, like, okay. you know, like like that yeah. kind of like just, just like horns and One pipes and horns. chrome. And yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they continue. Garode continues. One nagging feeling I have about the Dus- Tuscan tribe being wiped out is not all of them were killed, and he'll meet up uh, one from that group in another flashback or maybe present day. And if I had to guess, it'll be the one who's teaching him the fighting skills. Haven't rewatched uh, them uh, to see if they showed the body count clearly among the dead, or that body clearly among the dead. Yeah, was that the close up? Were they the the close up in the sand at the end? I couldn't tell. I know. I know they were wearing like darker uh, robes than the rest. I feel of the like tribe. It's weird because like I would bet definitely be um, more than medium suspecting that this is the case that like a lot of the tribe were able to bleed off into the desert and they're going to rejoin Boba to give him some more muscle. But like it seems like Finnick has this covered. Like she knows where she can go and get. So I I. I, it feels right and like that that character felt like it was building and like you know a lot of people are like oh maybe it's Finnick maybe it's this maybe it felt like yeah. that stuff was all building to more than it's become so mm-hmm. I kind of suspect too but like I've also seen this show just completely drop threads and tie threads into knots that I did not expect them to be tied into so we'll have to see also when it comes to the timelines I get confused but this uh, could this show end up tying to the Han Solo movie and the crime ring that was in that that Darth Maul uh, was part of uh, doesn't he Maul overlap with the Mandalorians in one of the animated series I haven't seen oh, I the Clone know. Wars and all that but I think that's the case um, we also had something that came in from Jay Chris that dovetails into this it says hey guys love your show well thank you Jay Want to know what you guys thought about the rumor that Harrison Ford was seen in the studios for a few days? Perhaps it may be in uh, for Book of Boba Fett. Could we see Boba and Black Chrysanthemum be teamed up against the de-aged Han and Chewbacca? Interested to know your thoughts. I, 
I mean, surely he was just there like visiting a friend or something, right? There's no fucking way Harrison Ford is stepping back into Star Wars after I, well after I mean here's I, I mean it was a fight to get him back for the one movie. I mean I and he was excellent, but could you get and, Hans, and he was executed and he was like I I'm going to be executed. I I want as far as I term. understood he was like I want That's out of a this. term of my return. You got to yes. kill me dead. I, but could you get Harrison Ford back in a sound booth to like voice voice him and then have the Carrie Fisher digital Grand Marf talking talking the aging stuff to like Dude, have just stay in your house and smoke weed. You have more money than anyone will ever need. You're God. <laughs> you're so old. You couldn't spend it if you tried. Just or just, just stay at like, home. Or, or just get the guy from Solo. Like it's way easier to age him up like five, ten sure. years than it is to age like forty years off Harrison at this point. I would think. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Um, but it. Does, I don't know. There is the idea, and like maybe like Disney has a ton of money, and like sure. would Harrison Ford say no to one or two days in a, a ADR booth for a million bucks? I like, say take he's that crotchety, but he's and... not stupid. Sure, sure. I like. I would say yes to that, obviously, but. A guy who has millions upon millions of dollars already? I don't know. And At this stage who has career, more yeah. millions of dollars than he has years left on his life? I, That's it could be like no a charity thanks. thing though. Yeah. You know? I think he was just there visiting a friend. That's what I think. Like that's what they did. That was the the Sean Connery deal. They got him to do one day of filming for uh uh the Prince of Thieves. Right. And they they donated a million bucks to his charity. Like it, there's precedent for this kind of shit. Sure. But uh, I don't know. I think it'd be I think it would be cool. Like I do um, as much as some of this stuff makes the Star Wars galaxy feel smaller and smaller. Like Boba is already pretty intimately connected to Han Solo would make uh, perfect sense for their paths to cross. So Mm -hmm. just like, you know, Luke popping up at the end of Mandalorian, I thought was cool. It'd be yeah, it'd be cool to see classic prequel trilogy uh, characters. I'm not I'm sorry. Sequel. Original original trilogy characters. Yeah. Uh Taylor says, I got a quick question. Why the fuck would anyone live on Tatooine? The shithole planet is the worst. People live in squalor, tons of crime, Jawa stealing shit everywhere, giant worm creatures, Sarlacc pits. Top it all off, it's hot as hell. At least in Dune, they had the spice trade that was a valuable asset to people, but Tatooine just looks like a nightmare. What's the benefit of living on this planet, and why, of all places, would Boba Fett go back there to be a crime boss? Maybe it's just for the good memories or because he likes having gently tanned skin, <laughs> but it makes no, makes no sense why anyone would choose to go back there. What are your thoughts? Um, it's anonymity. It's uh, you're not being hunted by the law because there's very little law out there. Um, yeah, it, it's a back world filled with scum and villainy like that. That's I mean, that's everything, right? Like they're getting away from society. And if you don't want to be a bounty hunter anymore and you want to start your family, you'd want to start small, right? You're not going to go and like knock off the huts of now Hutta. You're going to. Yeah, you couldn't probably. And so this is the way you kind of like start small and work your way up. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like obviously there's like a lot of people don't have a choice. Like if you're. You know, uh, it's like if you ever driven through like bad parts of town or like a really bad like in the country, like a really bad trailer park. You're like, Jesus Christ, why would people live here? It's like not by choice, you know, right, like, right. 
Uh, sometimes you're born in circumstances you can't get out of, uh, but a lot of people seek those types of things out. Um, you know, people that want more freedom, people that are up to no good, people that want to escape detection and notice. So I, I think there's a lot of good reasons, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and maybe Boba Fett, like that's the other thing is we know so little about him. Uh, you know, I don't know the, how cosmopolitan he was like, maybe he was kind of an outer rim specialist. And yeah. that's why, Bo- why that's why uh, Darth Vader hired him. He got all the scum from the outer uh, outer rim to like, you know, find Luke. And so I, this could be like the place he's comfortable with. And he knows, you know, it's like that was a big a plot point on the expanse last season. This guy who used to run this town of Baltimore on Earth uh, suddenly is out of his job. And like, where is he? You know, it's like it's it's frightening. It's like, OK, well, what what I, if I set up shop on the moon? What does that look like? Or Mars? I don't know any connections. I don't know the people. I don't know the land. You know, it's. Yeah, I I can see some reasons. Uh, Moving on to Ashley says, hey, guys, I'm with you. I'm struggling Boba Fett uh, displaying the toughness and savvy that he should be showing. This week was the mess with him trying to stop that little droid. Maybe the kids like it, but I did not. Um, Mm -hmm. That's look. that's something that a lot of people say about Star Wars. Like, well, it's four kids, right? And they they point to like Chewbacca screaming at the mouse droid. They they point out, you know, uh, uh, C three PO and R two D two is kind of like back and forth, bitchy repartee. I, I I don't know, man. I feel like it's a little bit more kitty and less family. Yeah. Like the the emphasis on the Bantha Pudu and the Gungans, and it, it does feel feel a little bit. I mean, would Disney graphically dismember somebody and have blood splashed on the arm today if they were filming the, A New Hope? Dude, that is exactly what I thought when that arm came off. I was like, I remember blood on that arm. And it, yeah, and that was this was like cauterized. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there would be blood all over the place. It'd be spraying our arterial shit would be going all over the the room like would they have the balls to like gruesomely torture han solo like i know it's a lot implied but that was pretty rough scene or like the interrogation droid like the emphasis on its hypodermic needles as it's coming in on this helpless woman like star wars had some a little bit of a dark palette to it you know yeah totally they 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 started to subvert that in return of the jedi you know when they started having the sarlacc burping and you know the ewoks are bashing in stormtroopers heads but like it's all very safe and sanitized i but but yeah, I, I don't know. Like Star Wars used to have a bit more of an edge. And I, I think that Disney can do this family entertainment well. If you look at things like Toy Story, right? Um, like Pixar does this all the time. They're they're great at getting the entire family in on something and not making it feel like it's just for kids or just for adults. Yeah. Uh, and and doing it in ways that I find far less offensive than stupid rat droids bouncing around while Boba Fett chases him like a buffoon. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, man. Ashley continues. We keep saying Favreau can do better, but I'm wondering if he even sees every episode since this is Rodriguez's baby, which I think explains better some of the cheese factor. Favreau and Kennedy are executive producers, but unsure that they would scrutinize and go through every episode. What do we think? Um, if Favreau is going to be the savior of Star Wars, he can't not scrutinize this stuff. Like Kevin sure. Feige, uh, Feg, Feige, whatever his name is. It's another, it's Ma- Ma- Maori, Maori all over again. Um, 
he, I mean, I get the idea that this guy, it just like keeps all the Marvel shit in his head at all time. And he's like always like, you know, meeting with people and doing high level stuff. And like, I feel like Favreau and like Rodriguez have some really good ideas in isolation, but that's what they are. They're like bullet points um, that then get filled together. And sometimes Marvel does this too. Like, uh, you know, they write set pieces and action scenes and it kind of shoehorn them in wherever they go. And some of them don't like sometimes it really works great. Like in the Avengers stuff, sometimes like, uh, you know, Black Widow, it's like uh, some of these action scenes feel really pointless and without any kind of dramatic weight to them. And I just feel like somebody who's a, you know, who's the other guy that, um, that, that, that did the Clone Wars and Rebels and the animated stuff, Filoni. Like yeah. I, I, th- I thought that he was going to be the the new guy that took over and made sure everything was going to line up. And if if he is, like, I just don't think the system's working yet. And it's just crazy with all the all the creative types. So you always hear like, you know, so many people inspired to start uh, doing doing stuff because they saw Star Wars growing up and they wanted to do like all this creative talent that grew up like you know, uh, uh, hanging off George Lucas's jock. Like, why can't we get a cohesive Star Wars universe? that works for people the yeah. way that it does in, on the Marvel side, you know? Yeah, Even you can do that and saturated. still make money, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Dennis says, here's an interesting take on the Vespa gang. Everyone's dunking on how they look so clean and shiny, but what if it's on purpose? Everything's so dirty there. The only way teens can rebel is keeping their hot rods super clean. <laughs> you should see their rooms. Yeah, that floor is spotless, <laughs> baby. Oh yeah, you parents could, uh, are always like, "God, it. why don't you keep your room a little dirtier?" Come on, we're living on Tatooine, not Coruscant. You can't do mod surgery in a dirty room, Mom. <laughs> we'll die of sepsis. God, yeah. Do you want my hand to fall off? <laughs> Doug L says this week's installment was an improvement over last week's. Uh, probably, but I'm still struggling with this mm. show, and I think it comes down to lack of fet justification. I mean, this show has not answered the most fundamental question of his existence, which is why does Boba Fett want to be a Tatooine crime lord? Seems like the show wants me to think this has something to do with justice for the Tuscans who helped them, but the OG trilogy Fett could have hunted down and killed those responsible by now. You're sure? Yeah, he could have just murked the CEO responsible. Uh, restructuring the so, and why would he give a shit about taking the whole chain down? Like, because these guys are at the end, like, all those guys on a train are just dudes collecting a paycheck. Like, sure. the real villains are the ones on top. Restructuring the social, political, and economic structure of Tatooine is several orders of magnitude more complicated and certainly more than is necessary to achieve revenge, if that's the reason. Um, without answering this question, I find it hard for the show to gain, gain traction. Every time Boba takes a step towards consolidating power, I can understand why that makes strategic sense and why it may or may not be interesting to watch, but I keep struggling with understanding why does Boba Fett want to do this? Perhaps this is something the show plans on doling out uh, via more flashbacks. But I think it'd be far stronger storytelling if they fully explain why Boba wants this gig. If we're going to invest in his efforts to see it through, I think they already have. I think they already have. It's the tribe thing, right? Like he he not only learned how to fight in the desert with the the sand people, but he also learned the value of a tribe. I think that there's a bit there, but also there's a part of Boba Fett that's been underserved that like makes more sense if you're really familiar with his expanded universe or star Wars legends work where he has a complicated moral code. And maybe he's like, you know, what if, what if I ran a, like kind of like a stringer bell in the wire? It's like, why does all this gangster shit have to end and people die? Like, this is just a business, you know, like why can't mm-hmm. we run it like a business? Why can't we keep our words, be fair to each other, 
sell a good product at a at a at a good price. Um and then him kind of like discover like, well, that's the whole whole problem with the black unregulated market. There are no like, yeah, like yeah, because sure. there's a huge competitive advantage is going in and murdering your comp- competitor. You I know? was gonna say there are so many <laughs> like because of this, because that, because all these things going off my head like right him, now as you're him, saying that. <laughs> like like him saying, like, I'm gonna turn Tatooine into like a shining beacon of what like the outer rim can be if if uh, with good yeah. leadership and strong like if he's like doing this as almost like a social project of like I want to bring like Mandalorian ethos and and hard work and and honor and loyalty I want to bring that to this and all can benefit it seems like that's what he's going for mm-hmm. like I'm gonna make the street safe I'm gonna make things fair I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the watermongers from gouging the poor people I'm gonna do all these things and also be I'm gonna rule with respect rather than fear that's the mission statement but I feel like it gets lost in the battles of the week and in the flashbacks and the fact that they haven't really had Boba Fett come and kind of like sit down and talk about his moral code and why he feels this way. And like, why does he feel so strongly about it? And why is he so different from the other Mandalorian that we met so well? And, you know, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's puzzling. He's literally cleaning up Tatooine. Is that, yeah. is that what they're getting at with these moped, uh, biker gangs they're this squeaky is more of clean like, he's 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 fixing everything it's more like a plot line that like cara dune would do like she's the new like sheriff on a lawless backwater planet the republic wants to bring under its rule and she's cleaning the place up like a dirty hair it's like they're giving boba head a uh, boba head boba fed a dirty hairy mm-hmm. plot line mm-hmm. but a g-rated yeah right <laughs> um, right dirty hairy plot line so um I, I after this i will never be taken in by a gritty reboot of star wars until they actually no. deliver yeah 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 so, we thought that's what mandalorian was going to be we really thought that's what boba would be after the mandalorian neither of them have been that yeah uh, that'll do it for this week uh, for the book of Boba Fett. We'll open up a new chapter. Um, see if they can write the ship in the back half of the season. There's only three episodes left to go. Uh, I yeah, I'm 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 curious to see how they take all these parts. The mod gang, black uh, Berenstain bear, uh, Finnick, Santon and her her crap factory and boba and and all this stuff into like a a ragtag war against the pike syndicate that i give no shits about uh (laughs) we'll see if you got some thoughts send them in the tribe at baldmove.com we'll see you next week until that time i'm aaron and i'm jim later